Good evening and welcome to Direct Impact Broadcasting, the station of growth and transformation. Affiliate of Creative Broadcasting presents Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson with your host, Taiwana Wilson, as she welcomes her guest to the studio. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson. I am your host, Tywana Wilson, and I have another outstanding mentor for you all this evening. So first, before I bring up our mentor, come on in into our virtual learning laboratory. Do us a favor, share this message out. So I'm going to give you a little bit of time to come on in to the lab share this broadcast out with your network because as i always say that you are the messenger and somebody needs this message so share it out come on in let us know where you're coming in from so that we can greet you properly so we want to know where you are coming in from so today's mentor this is listen i'm excited because i have one somebody that's in my hometown of Dayton, Ohio. And I also have a fellow HBCU grad here with me. <laughs> so I have Miss Cranae Salone in the building. She's in our virtual learning laboratory. Cranae, how are you? I am well, thank you. How are you? I am awesome. So, I'm going to read your bio and let the people know who they're learning from this evening, a little bit about what they are going to learn. We're going to talk about pivoting in the midst of chaos and fear. But before we get into all the juicy nuggets that Krene has for you, I'm going to let you know who she is. Krene Salone is a career and woman's empowerment coach and creator of the Authentically You Academy. She is deeply committed to helping professional women who are unhappy in their current profession and at a standstill in their career map, their next steps and pivot toward fulfilling work that aligns with their skills, their passions, values, talents, and authentic personalities. Through her signature online course and other educational tools, Crene teaches professional women how to design a career path that empowers them to reinvent themselves while keeping fears in check. Because we all know about fears. Fears will come up and creep up and, and tell you that you can't do something you were meant and called to do. Right. And walking in unshakable confidence. Crene has been a professional in corporate America, so she is going to be able to give us some insight. She has been in corporate America for over 20 years and made significant contributions to several Fortune 500 companies, including Pfizer, Eli Lilly and Company, GE Capital, and Synchrony Financial. Crene is a wife and mother of three sons and is an HBCU proud two-time graduate of Florida A&M University. So all our Rattlers out there, you got a fellow Rattler here that's going to be in our lab sharing with us. So, Krene, I, I gave your, your bio, but 
tell the viewers a little bit about yourself and your leadership journey. Like, how did you get to where you are today? Sure, sure. Well, my leadership journey started, um, I would say, at my HBCU. Um, I went to Florida A&M in the 90s when the School of Business and Industry ruled the 90s. Um, we were on the cover of Time Magazine of having the best business school, even ahead of Harvard's business school. Our dean, um, Dean Sybil Mobley, had relationships with several Fortune 100 companies and 500 companies. Our internship program was bar none. Um, companies came down to hire us and intern us all throughout the year. We had international internships. We had year-long internships, eight-month internships, semester-long internships. So we had um, full working experience before we even graduated. Um, so we were a little different and they came to get us and to recruit us because we were a little different. And so we were taught leadership skills. Um, our professional development program has spanned over 40 years. It has gone to other universities. Um, our former assistant dean took our program to Hampton University and has become very, very successful there as well. So my leadership journey started um, on the campus of Florida A&M University, and it has been developed um, throughout the course of my professional career. And I wouldn't have had the experiences that I've had. I wouldn't have had the opportunities um, that I've had, be it not um, for the program at Florida A&M University and our School of Business and Industry. And so I am very proud when I talk about that program um, and talk about FAMU and being a part of an HBCU. Awesome. And you can always tell an HBCU grad because they like they had that passion, that passion in their heart. You can tell I me mean, they just like my school. I for those that don't know it. Listen, it is nothing like an HBCU. I am a proud graduate of Kentucky State University. Go thoroughbred. So, that's yeah, that's that I, I just love hearing that. I love hearing that you got those leadership skills early on. And I know that it has taken you to all of these Fortune 500 companies. You've had the opportunity to work outside of the country, um, to be in Canada. And that's pretty awesome. Our yeah. Our mentor a couple of weeks ago, she actually is in Canada. So that's cool okay. that you that you got, got that opportunity. So I'm not going to parlay this. I know that you are ready to get into what you have prepared for us. So, listen, it's time to pivot, <laughs> y'all. If y'all ain't ready, it is time to pivot. So get on up in here and let's figure out these strategies so that we can pivot in the midst of chaos with Coach Crene, and I will let you take it away. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Coach T, for having me. Um, this subject is very near and dear to my heart for a variety of reasons. And pivoting is just a fancy way of saying making major changes. And, you know, basically, sometimes you have to make a change at the stop of a dime. Um, sometimes we don't know what is going to happen to us in our life, be it by choice or by force, um, that would make us have to make a major change in our personal life or in our professional life. So what I just wanted to do is just share, um, you know, my story of when I had to um, have when I had a chaotic time in my life and career 
and I had to pivot. It can all be very exciting. It's overwhelming. It's scary. It's all those things at once. And I just want to share some, some strategies that helped me get through it and to keep moving forward without completely melting down. So I'm going to take you all way back, way back to March of 2008. I'm sure it'll bring back memories of the financial and economic crisis that was getting ready to explode. In March of 2008, I'm planning a wedding. I'm four months from getting married. I'm living and working in Cincinnati, Ohio, believe it or not, but I'm planning to move to Dayton. Now, Dayton, Ohio is about an hour south of Cincinnati. Doesn't seem like a huge move, but it's a big enough move. And it's my fiance's hometown. So in March, I moved out of my home into a temporary apartment. I was forced to rent out my own home because the housing market is plummeting so fast. I couldn't even sell the house. In 2008, I became a landlord by force and not by choice. And that was no fun. <laughs> <laughs> Up until this point, I was single with no children. I had a dog. I had spent my career chasing opportunity which is what I was taught to do. It had landed me in different cities. And now I am looking for a new job in a very, very specific location, which is a very, very small market. And the economy is just rapidly declining. And I'm preparing to move to a new city and purchase a new home with my soon-to-be spouse. It's all exciting and it's so stressful. Eight months prior, I had just moved back to Cincinnati after living in Toronto for two years, I had spent two years in our Canadian office with my previous employer. So I had a lot going on. I had just moved back to the country, then just moved out of my house, getting ready to get married, planning for a wedding. And let me add a little bit more complication to this. So my fiance was widowed. He was a single father to two small boys. When his first wife passed away, he was left with their three-year-old son and a two-week-old baby boy. Wow. So not only was I getting married, but I was becoming a full-time mother to two small children. When we married, the boys were six and a half and three. So yeah, let that sink in <laughs> for a little bit. So that's a little added complication um, to all you know, the other things that were going on. So let me recap. I'm planning a wedding. I'm looking for a new job. I'm moving out of my house. I'm moving into a temporary apartment. I'm preparing to be a full-time mother while I'm still working in my current job, trying not to lose my mind. <laughs> so all of these things are going on. We're trying to hold it together because that's what we do. We have to hold it all together. So by the end of the first quarter of 2008, it was officially the worst economic crisis the country has seen in three quarters of a century. Luckily, I was still gainfully employed, but I was becoming more and more cynical about securing a job in this horrible economy that was just getting worse by the second. Worse by the second. I mentioned I was living and working in Cincinnati. My fiance and the boys were in Dayton, Ohio. I needed to find employment in Dayton because a commute of that magnitude um, between Cincinnati and Dayton every day just wouldn't work for the new family dynamic. And, and Coach T, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I totally understand. The commute. <laughs> um, if I was working in Cincinnati, all the traffic is going north. 
And I would spend four hours in traffic each way every day. And my husband could continue to be a single parent, right? I would just be an additional paycheck. And our entire support system was in Dayton, Ohio. So it was very important that I got to Dayton, Ohio. So thankfully, four weeks before the wedding, I was hired by the Financial Services Division of GE Capital. Securing that position, it alleviated a lot of distress. To know that I secured a new role was only half the battle. Um, by the time I was married in July, I started my new job a few weeks later, but the bottom was really dropping out of the economy. I started to ask myself, who goes to work for a bank during the worst <laughs> financial crisis in nearly 80 years? <laughs> People were losing their jobs left and right. I was overwhelmed throughout the entire process. I was a finance manager who spent the first 15 years of my career in corporate finance. It's never fun to start a new position where I had to walk in the door and participate in cost out exercises. <clears throat> I watched hundreds of people lose their jobs while I walked into a new role. I had a tough time during the first six months. And if my life couldn't get more interesting or complicated, I was married for seven months and on the job for six months and I became pregnant with our third son. So I was having all the fun. <laughs> now, I say all of this to say that while I was going through this experience and taking into consideration all the major life changes, there were three main strategies that got me through, believe it or not. You know, I think we are trained um, as business people and just as human beings, you know, to kind of hold it together and to be our best selves. Because at this point, I was not only being my best self for myself, but I also had other people to keep in mind at this point. But I would tell you the number one strategy that I would offer someone who's pivoting or making major changes, whether it's personally or professionally, is to actively seek out the opportunities in the chaos. It was Albert Einstein who said, in the midst of every crisis lies opportunity. I know it might sound strange, but there are always opportunities that allows you to set the tone for your personal and professional leadership style, even in crisis. Would you agree, Coach T? Absolutely. Absolutely. I came into my new role at GE Capital with a fresh pair of eyes during a dire financial crisis. Banks had stopped lending. Companies started laying off. The leadership was trying to figure out how the business was going to survive. But the silver lining for me was that I was new. I wasn't attached to any of the history. That left opportunity for me to set up my team in a way where I could learn as much as I could, assess the situation, and offer new solutions and even fail. And even set up boundaries that I could fail within reason. I found opportunity among the chaos for me to not only survive, but to thrive while I was shifting and changing and pivoting. Lo and behold, the exact same strategy worked for my new personal my new personal life. I was now pivoting or transitioning to a new role of a new full-time mom and a wife. I didn't have any children. I brought a dog into the marriage. A dog. That's that's all I had. <laughs> Take care of myself and a dog. Now suddenly I had a six-year-old and a three-year-old depending on me every single day. And still the dog. It was very scary and exciting all at the same time, 
But the opportunity for me is that I had to establish myself as an additional authority in the home. And I wasn't necessarily attached to the grief and the guilt and the sadness that's often associated with parenting children that lost a parent. I had more objective eyes, if you will. It was a major change for everyone involved, but instead of being paralyzed with fear, I welcomed the challenges and I used it as an opportunity to grow and bond. And while it might seem a little strange, I encourage everyone who is changing, pivoting, please be open to opportunities and challenges, even when it is crazy and chaotic. You have to be open to that. And the fears will crop up, but it is not so that you are fearless, but it is so that you work through in spite of the fears. So that is the main strategy that I, I say that I would use, Coach T. And then I'll move into um, my second strategy if you didn't have any comment. And I'm looking at the comments here. And yes, um, don't be paralyzed by fear. Please don't. Um, that's what that's what fear would love for you to do. It would love to stop you in your tracks, but you have to keep moving. And and that was such an incredible story because there was a lot going on uh, <laughs> during that short period of time. And you're yeah. right. It would have been easy to be paralyzed by fear, by the unknown. You know, you had a lot of life changing events happening all really, really fast emotional events. And so to be able to pivot during that time and use it as an opportunity, I think is, is, was awesome. And I think that's great information for our, for our viewers to be able to, to hear and know, cause somebody right now somewhere is going through exactly what you said, where there is like career is crazy. Family is crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe somebody just passed away unexpectedly and they're like, I have no idea how I'm, how I'm even going to keep this thing together. So just you telling your story and telling that part, the housing market being crazy. I mean, it was just crazy. And here you are today your boys are growing up and, you know, <laughs> married still and, you know, still having an awesome career. And that's just a, a, it just talks to your your faithfulness and it just talks to your willingness and your flexibility and your endurance of being able to go on. So, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. So I that is one of my favorite quotes. And I know it might seem like an odd thing to remember. But I, I, I learned about that when I was in high school. In the midst of every crisis lies great opportunity. And if you all can hold that close to you, I think that you can get through anything. So I'll move on to my second strategy, which is more practical. And I know a lot of women in particular, we are we're, we're practical creatures. And I would say is having a willingness to reprioritize commitments and activities. This is really how you remain focused. And, and I think it's easier said than done, but we seriously have to think about putting pen to paper or fingertips to computer, even if it means taking a half a day or a full day vacation to get it done. Please make peace with the fact that some activities and commitments will need to fall off the list altogether. Businesses and corporations reprioritize all 
the time. That's how they optimize value-added activity. We must treat our own lives the same way. During a chaotic time, and, and particularly during that chaotic time, it was hard for me to get rid of activity that was simply not adding value. It seemed like everything was important because everything was important. You know, I moved out of my home into a temporary apartment till I got married. I couldn't sell my house because the market was horrible. You know, we had to sell my husband's house and move into the new house we bought together. The new house we bought together needed to be renovated. There were so many things about the renovation that had to get reprioritized because we just couldn't do anything. So I'd invite anyone who was pivoting and in the middle of major change to really consider reprioritizing and, and moving non-value added things off your list so that you can optimize your time. And I promise you, you will be a more peaceful and, and organized person because I know that that's easier said than done. Um, oftentimes we don't get to be just one thing. We have to be multiple things. We have to move fluidly. And the easier we can do that um, with a streamlined process, I think that'll be helpful as well. And lastly, I would say um, to be effective while you are going through major change. I think this, another, this is another practical thing is that you must have a really, really, really safe place or outlet to release stress and pressure. If anyone has made a major transition in your professional or personal life or both at the same time, you know that it's both exciting and stressful at the same time. So a safe place or outlet could be exercise, meditation, yoga, art, journaling, or any combination of those things. I don't see any other way to survive, let alone thrive in chaotic situations while managing your fears and anxiety. Because you know, fear and anxiety, they like to hang out together in the corner waving at you saying, hey girl, how you doing? <laughs> That's what they do. And you must protect your sanity and your health because without those things, you are no good to anyone. You can't be a good parent. You can't be a good spouse. You can't be a good leader. And unfortunately, I learned this one the hard way. I experienced sleep deprivation for weeks before I realized something had to give. I had never lived with anyone before. My husband snored. Um, we were in between homes. There, were no, there was no extra bed. At one time, I thought the walls were closing in on me. <laughs> it took me a minute. It really did. It took me a minute to realize that I needed an outlet for me. And for me, it was exercising and journaling. But you will be amazed or maybe not at how stress will affect you but oftentimes we don't find out until it's too late. You know, we don't find out until our blood pressure is high or until we're stress eating or until we after we've gained 50 pounds, you know, or after, you know, it starts showing up in the way that we communicate, you know, with people and we're not communicating with our spouse as well. Or we may not be communicating with our peers and our coworkers very well and things start to show up. But though that's that's the last, you know, practical strategy, you know, that I would say. Um, to help you while you're pivoting, especially when things are chaotic and you're trying to battle your fears and you're trying to power through. And I know everybody can relate to chaos and stress, but I hope those three strategies I offered up were very, very helpful. 
they're fluid and they can be implemented, whether you're pivoting in a personal situation or a professional situation. You know, for me, it's 13 years later. And I tell my husband, I still haven't had the nervous breakdown that I deserve to have. (laughs) (laughs) But um, but we power through. So I, I really, really hope that I was able to help someone. Um, with my story and with those strategies or, you know, Coach T, if you have any questions for me or anyone in the audience has any questions about anything, I'm happy um, to be transparent about my situation. It is 13 years later. Um, We were married 13 years July. We had a uh, 4th of July weekend, you know, wedding. Um, Our son together will be 12. Our oldest son, who was six when we got married, he's 19 and in the Air Force. And we have one that just turned 16. And so life has gone on. (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. So can you repeat the three strategies one more time for the viewers who might be catching this uh, at this point or they could be catching the replay? Absolutely. So the number one strategy is actively seek out opportunities in the chaos. Remember Albert Einstein's quote of in the midst of every crisis lies great opportunity. That is a big one. That is always a big one. That'll keep you focused as well. The second strategy is have a willingness to reprioritize your commitments and activities. You absolutely have to remove non-value added activity and optimize your value added activity. And the third strategy is to have a safe place and an outlet to release stress and pressure. So those are the three strategies that will get you through while you are changing and pivoting during chaotic times. Awesome. And so when you were talking, it made me think about success. I mean, congratulations on celebrating your anniversary in July. That's Mm -hmm. huge. Uh, And then with your sons just growing up and one being in the military and, you know, the other at 16. I mean, they're just growing up. And so it made me think about success through it all. What has success taught you? Because it, it, Sounds like you've really endured and you were were and are on a success journey. So what has success taught you? Well, I tell you this, you know, being here, um, I'm glad you asked me that question because the very fact that you invited me here and you've given me this platform, because one thing success has taught me is how important it is to be transparent and vulnerable about my own journey journey in an, in an effort to help others. And the fact that you've given me this platform to do that, um, that is what I feel about success. And that's what success has taught me is that it is important to reach back and that it's important to be transparent and so that you can help others. And that's what I'm committed to doing. Um, that's what I've been committed to doing my entire life and my entire professional career. Um, is helping others. And as I've gotten older and as I've raised my children, um, it has become even more important that I do that in a different way. Um, You know, we, we, we work every day and we want to be the best, you know, version of what we've been taught to be. Um, We want to do a great job. We want to be good leaders. We want to be good parents. But as we get older and as we mature, uh, we find out how important it is to reach back. 
right? We, we give those things to the people in our most important circle, but we also realize that it's important to reach outside of that circle as well. And that's what success has taught me is how important it is because vulnerability doesn't come easy for me. And I don't think it comes easy for most, right? But it's important to be um, vulnerable if you are going to be transparent. Absolutely. And I'm happy you mentioned that about being vulnerable and being transparent. And that's really important for our leaders today, especially if you are a leader of people, meaning that you're a manager or you are a supervisor. You know, it, it's difficult connecting with somebody that's like a brick wall, like you don't know anything about them. You know, they then they come off as very disconnected, disengaged, and it's all about the business. Mm -hmm. And as, as managers of people, as supervisors, we need to get back to, especially if you lost it or maybe you never had it, <laughs> we need to get back to the business of people and really connect them because at the end of the day, people in organizations are the organization's most important asset, right. period. And so, you know, being vulnerable as a leader, being connected and, and getting to know your people, I think that's huge. And, and just like you said, success, you know, looks different for everybody and, and define it for yourself. But like one of uh, the mentors that was in the laboratory a few weeks ago, DJ Alexander, he talked about finding your life's work. And it reminds me when you said that, it reminds me of what he of what he was talking about is finding your life's work and that give back as you climb, you know, the ladder or whatever the case may be, that whole, you know, reaching back and pulling somebody else forward with you. And I'm sure as you, you know, have been climbing the ladder and having great success. I'm sure you've had some failures, some learning lessons, some, oh my goodness, moments uh, <laughs> that you have had uh, along the way. So I, I don't like to just share the, the good, you know, like, well, you was, you know, you've been over, you know, all these Fortune 500 companies and leading these teams and living mm -hmm. inside and outside mm -hmm. of the United States and you made it. But you know, which is awesome. About that. <laughs> which is awesome. But I think it's important for our 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 viewers, the people that's in our learning laboratory, to also know that with success comes failure, and that's a part of the process. That it, it is going to happen exactly. at some point or another. So, can you talk to to our our, our mentees out there that's thinking, "Man, I, I just came off of a failure. How can I recover?" Talk about one of your failures or learning lessons that you've learned, oh, learned along your journey. Absolutely. And I'm glad you um, mentioned, you know, about the people and um, being managers of people because, you know, one in particular sticks in my mind. Actually, when I was, you know, had a small team um, early on back in, in, in my career. And, you know, part of managing a team is that you want you know, to develop your team because part of your success is ensuring, you know, the success of your team, right? Um, and that's just a part of it. You want to see them grow. You want to see them branch off into areas that they're interested in. And, 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 and again, that's a reflection 
of, of them being developed in areas that they want to be developed in. And so um, I had it in my mind that I had a development plan. I think I had about four direct reports at the time. And, you know, each had their own development plan according to their own strengths and their own things that they wanted to do um, in their career. And I had someone um, who was terrified of um, presentations and public speaking and, and those things. And that person, you know, they kind of wanted to improve it, but not really. You know, it was kind of one of those things. Well, you know, I'll. I'll say that I want to improve it because I know I have to put something on my improvement plan, but I'm, I really, you know, if I can hide, you know, I'm going to hide every chance I get, you know, that was kind of her plan. <laughs> um, so, you know, I call myself, um, you know, putting together a team, you know, to do a presentation. We were working on a project. And so the people who did the work, I was going to make sure um, that they did the presentation. And she was one of the people, you know, who did the work. But, you know, she kept telling me over and over again, you know, I don't feel comfortable, you know, being a part of this presentation, Crene. But I, again, I pushed and I pushed. And I and in that instance, I think I pushed a little bit too far. You know, I think I went over her threshold of comfortability, you know, in an effort, you know, to help her along in a, in a place where she was struggling. And she completely shut down and she posted out of that role. And that really, really hurt my feelings and kind of, you know, I took that as a personal failure that somebody posted out of a role to get away from me because <laughs> I wasn't listening. You know, I really wasn't. I think when I assessed the situation is that I wasn't listening to what she really wanted. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I knew that she had an area that she wanted to improve in, but I think that I, I forced my will on her and what I wanted to see her do because I knew she was smart and I knew she was capable and I knew that she was all those things, but she just wasn't, you know, comfortable. And, it, it, and she didn't have to. It wasn't like it was a requirement of her job or for her to keep her job to do these things. And I think that I really missed an opportunity to connect with her and with one of my employees and to really listen, you know, to what they wanted and how she wanted to advance her career. And she posted out of that role. And so I took that as a personal failure. And so I, that was a lesson for me um, to do what you just said, to make sure you make those connections, make sure you're listening um, to what people are saying and what they are asking and what they really want and try to marry that, you know, to really help them. So. Absolutely. I think that's critical. Just listening. Absolutely. Listen, it is. Mm -hmm. Listening what, to what people want and, you know, actively listening, going back to knowing your people <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, it is important. So you also talked about growth in that. And I, I'm always curious because as leaders, as mentors, as coaches, as champions, as advocates, as sponsors, and mothers and wives and parents and all of the roles that 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 women play, that men play, everybody play, what do you do for your own personal growth? What do you do to keep your cup full? Because as is, like I said, all of those roles as, as champions, as mentors, this is, we're pouring, 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 mm -hmm. pouring, 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 pouring. 
into other people? And then what are you do to keep your cup full so that you can continue to pour? Absolutely. Well, you know, I learn new things and, you know, I try to have a, a, a growth mindset and I invest in myself and with learning new things. And, you know, thus me embarking upon my entrepreneurial venture and becoming a career and women's empowerment coach. You know, with that comes a lot of investment, you know, of time and, you know, me learning, you know, how to you know, how to be a coach and how to um, engage um, with a group of women that I know that I have the skills to help. Right. And mm -hmm. it's one thing for you to have an expertise, but it's another thing to take what you know and put it in an organized fashion. Right. You know, mm -hmm. that's kind of the trick. You know, sometimes when you've been doing something for so long and then you try to, you know, put that in an organized fashion, that's a trick in and of itself. <laughs> so I make a lot of investments in myself in learning, um, whether it's seminars, um, whether it's accelerator courses. Um, and I'm and I am still, you know, working and I am still developing, you know, myself um, in my, you know, my full time job. But, you know, just really just growing myself. You know, one of the favorite pieces of advice that I got um, in my entire life that whether, you know, my, one of my mentors told me, I don't care if you're a leader, a mentor or a teacher, you need to remain a student for the rest of your life, for your entire life, remain a student. I don't care, you know, how much of a mentor or a leader you think you are, you should be a forever student. And so I take that to heart. And so in, in order for me to pour into others, I have to continue to pour into myself with education and learning and investments, you know, in, in myself. So. Absolutely. I'm, I'm happy that you mentioned that, too, because sometimes people think that, you know, they or they get busy and they like, well, I don't have time to grow. And you're absolutely right. If you're not learning, you're not growing. Growth is intentional and you don't just wake up and be like, oh, I grew. You know, that that only <laughs> happens when you were a kid and you and you grew a couple inches but... <laughs> or a tree. <laughs> right. <laughs> But like in that. regards to your own personal growth, you have to, it's, you know, growth, it, it's, it's action, right? And so mm -hmm. you have to be committed to investing in yourself and, you know, going to seminars, going to conferences, getting in the room. Our mentor, Georgiana Collington, who was on the show from Canada by way of Jamaica, one of the things that she says as she talked about servant leadership is that there's wisdom in the room. And so I'm giving her credit because I didn't use it a couple of times, but I am giving you credit, Georgiana, for your phrase. However, because it was great, it was awesome in that there is wisdom in the room and you need to make sure that you're in the room getting the wisdom. And that's how you get it. You get in the room. You get in here in our virtual learning laboratory and, and let us know you're here and you get the knowledge that Coach Brene is sharing with you today. I was just uh, for, very fortunate and blessed to have just come back from the John Maxwell International Leadership Conference and just being in the room with all of those other people. I mean, I'm still on the high because of the energy. It was like, I'm in the room with John Maxwell. I'm in the room with Dave Ramsey. I'm in the room with people that traveled for days 
and I mean days to be in the room. So it's something about being in the room. I'll never forget. I met a, a gentleman from Nigeria and he said if it, you know, due to the pandemic, he had to get his travel visa about two years ago just to be in the room. Mm. And you serious. listen, just That's to be scary. in the room. He like, I needed to be in the room. And, and you know, if you've ever traveled international and traveled to Africa, you know, those flights are long. Those flights are expensive. And he like, you know what? I had to be in the room. Like I had to be in the room with other leaders, other people that feel the way that I feel that want to impact the world. And so, you know, when I hear you say that, you know, just being in the room, soaking up that knowledge, giving back, I just want the people here just watching this or, or we'll watch the, the replay to know that there's wisdom in the room. And the only way that you get it is that you get in the room. So get in the room. And if you look around and ain't nobody else in the room, you are in the wrong room. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You, I mean, it. you have to seek out in order to fill yourself back up, right? Mm -hmm. I can't feed anybody if I'm empty. And so it is very purposeful. It is very intentional um, that I seek out ways um, to fill myself up with knowledge and learn new things, um, because that's the only way that I'm going to continue to grow and to continue to be a student. So that's my number one focus is to always remain teachable, always be a student. And the leadership and the mentorship will come. That's not even my main focus. You know, my main focus is staying hungry. And like you said, being in the room, what can I um, glean from this? What can I get from this? And that's what I want to do. So. Absolutely. Yes. Les Brown says you got to be hungry. You got to be <laughs> hungry about this information. That's be right. hungry about this knowledge. And as we say, learn, apply, teach. That, that is the, the way that, that we operate and that's the way that we do things. So, Krene, are you into reading? And if so, like what books are you reading? So, you know, I am, um, it's been a while. It's probably been six months. I, I read, I know that I'm late, but the last book I read was Michelle Obama's book. And I am writing my own book. And typically when I am writing, I don't read a lot because it's, sometimes it's hard to have an original thought, right? If you are reading um, other material. So mm -hmm. what, what month is this? This is September. I finished reading her book in May. And that's the last book that I read was her book. And it was so inspiring. It was just, it was awesome. Um, and so... But that was the last book that I read. But I am actually writing right now. And I've been writing for the last couple of months. And hopefully, you know, before Christmas, that will be my Christmas gift to myself is that I'll be done um, with my first book um, that I can publish <laughs> myself. So I have goals and I'm on a path um, to be done. 
And right now I, I try not to read any material while I'm writing. So that's kind of my running rule. <laughs> okay. Well, you viewers, you have heard it here first. So we are getting yes. ready to hold you accountable yes, to please. your goals. Yes, please. <laughs> please and thank you. I'll take it. I'll take that accountability any day of the week. Trust me when I tell you. And if you have me back, um, I want you to ask me, um, send me text messages, emails or messages. But I am writing my behind off and um, I'm hoping to be done before the end of this year. I really am. So that that's my first deadline for myself. So. Okay. Yep. We are going to hold you to that and we're going to check back in and see where you are near the end of the year. So, yes, you you all heard it here today. So when you see Coach Pernay on social media and posting and all of that stuff, don't forget to remind her <laughs> and say, well, how's that book coming along That's that right. you said you were going to write? So, Krene, we have a lot of people that, that listen to us that are newer in their careers. They are looking for ways to add skills to their leadership toolbox. They're looking for opportunities. They, they're, they're hungry. So they, they listen to the show or watch the show. Mm -hmm. So what tips would you give somebody that's looking to add skills to their, to their skill box what tips would you give them on how to do that or where they could even find opportunities? Sure. Well, I, I, I always say the first place to start is with your own job and company. I will say that one thing about the companies that I've worked for is they always offered of additional training um, if you want to learn. Right. I don't. I, and again, this is just something I'm throwing out there for people who work for companies that offer um, e-learnings or training that you can do on your own. Always raise your hand for e-learnings. That is the best and the easiest way to get new tools in your toolkit is to offer training that your company is already offering. Um, the second thing is, is that if you're new in your career, um, always raise your hand for special projects. Um, if you are working, you have your your job, the job that they pay you to do. Right. That's the job that you have to do when you come in the door every day. But anytime there is opportunity um, for you to do anything additional, for you to raise your hand for a project that is not in your purview or your everyday work, that is the best thing to do um, in order to get additional tools or learn something new or partner you know, with one of your business partners to say, hey, you know, this looks interesting. Maybe I'll maybe I'll connect with you and work with you on this to see what I can learn and what I can bring to the table. To me, those are two slam dunk ways um, that you can add tools to your toolkit. Um, if you're new in your career and you're just starting a new job, get right on those e-learnings, talk to your manager about um, new things that you want to learn and raise your hand. And ask, even if, you know, if you don't even see anything happening with special projects, start asking, start asking the questions. Where, where can I add value? Where can I help? What, um, you know, who, who can I partner with and work with? Those are some easy things right there. Um, as far as um, getting additional things outside of your role, there are all kinds of things out on the internet where you can invest 
and, and learning and find out about different conferences that you would like to attend on your own. And even if you find out about certain conferences that you would like to attend, find out how to tie that back to your job in some kind of way, because sometimes your company will pay for that. Your companies will pay for certain conferences and educational things. Even if you wanted to pay for it out of your pocket, that's fine. Any investment in yourself is well worth it. But as a former finance um, person, I would always encourage you to tie it back to how it's going to help you in your job and ask. It never hurts to ask the question if whether or not your leadership or your company will pay for certain conferences and certain leadership um, educational tools that are out there um, for you to invest in yourself in. So those are the three things that I can think of off the top of my head that are kind of slam dunks as far as investing in yourself that you have direct control over. Yeah, that was great advice. Listen, a closed mouth will not get fed, right. <laughs> as my mom would say. That's and right. so if you don't ask, the answer is always, and I mean always, no. <laughs> of the time, it will be no. And so, <laughs> and so you're you're right. You have to ask for these opportunities. Don't wait for your employer to say, here's an opportunity. You want to be that person to feel the need, right? You want to feel the need and you want to soak up because companies have money. Don't be fooled. They do have money for professional development. If they have money for recruiting new staff members, they have money to retain their good employees as well. So I would suggest that you do as Coach Crene has taught us today of asking first. Start with that, with what resources are available in your company also volunteer volunteering is the best way to get experience in your community a lot of these nonprofits are looking for people to serve on their boards their committees and so that's a great opportunity to get leadership experience as well absolutely yep and um and and i don't know depending on what kind of company you work for um they get volunteer credit um, you, you, these corporations have to have, you know, a certain amount of um, volunteering and credit in the community. Um, so I would definitely go that route as well. That is a great way to get leadership um, experience. You know, for the past three years now, I've been on the board of my local y, YMCA. You know, we've always used, um, utilized our YMCA with our young boys coming up. That's where they learn how to swim. That's where they learn. That's where they first learn how to play soccer and play basketball. So that was another way of me giving back. And as well as me also, you know, becoming a part of something where I was a leader, you know, and and I was able to raise money for the YMCA, you know, using my position and just it was just an awesome experience um, that. And your companies will support you in that as well. Um, so I I totally recommend that. Awesome. What would be your tidbit of wisdom, your one or two tidbits that you would <laughs> like to leave the viewers with that they can start to implement right away? So that practical, because we're all about giving people practical tips mm -hmm. Uh, that they could use in order to succeed, in order to win. So what would be your one or two tidbits you want to leave the 
the mentees in our learning laboratory with? Well, <clears throat> the first thing is, I think either Coach T, I think Coach T said it earlier, you get to define what success is for you. That's that that's number one. Nobody gets to define what success is for you. And once you know what success is for you, I strongly suggest that you don't let anything stop you from achieving what you define as success, which means, and I all it always comes back to this is making sure that you are managing your fears. It takes a lot of courage and courage is not the absence of fear. It's doing things in spite of having fear. It is um, just define success for yourself. I'm looking at the comments here and making sure that you are putting your fears in check because a lot of times if you are listening to the fears in your head, it will get you off your path. So if you wanna stay on your path to success, Please make sure you are managing your fears and telling them to go somewhere and sit in the corner. That's what I call it. <laughs> they don't completely go away, but you make sure they go somewhere and they sit in the corner. And I'm just going to go back to one of the strategies that I talked about earlier. And this is becoming more and more important. You see it in sports. You see it in, in everything is having a good outlet for your mental health. It is very, very important that we have good mental health, good physical health, because without that, you can't be a leader. You can't do anything. You can't work. You can't be a good leader in your home. You can't be a good leader in your career. So I just encourage everyone to have a safe place, a safe space and good outlets to maintain your physical and mental health. And I think that is very, very important. And it's key for me. Um, even though I am a working mom, I have three children. You better believe that I create some space for myself. It is important. I know we all talk about, you know, self-care is not selfish, but I'll be the first one to tell you it's okay to be selfish sometimes if you have to. <laughs> if you have to be selfish, do that in order to maintain your sanity. I don't care whose feelings you hurt. Um, so take care of yourself, take care of your physical health, take care of your mental health and make sure you are tracking to your plan of success and you are keeping your fears in check. And those are the tidbits that I would leave for your audience. Awesome. Well, you done said it. You done said it all. But I, I have that. to even add to that. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I hope that, you know, whoever was in the room, I hope that whomever was in the room, you could use those tidbits and share it with someone else who needs to hear it as well. And I really, really thank you for giving me this platform. I appreciate you, Coach T. Um, this was great for me. Um, I just, I'm overwhelmed and um, I appreciate it. Anytime. I was definitely happy to have you in our laboratory sharing with our viewers. How can they stay connected with you or get and stay connected with you? Sure. Um, you can follow me on all social media. I am Coach Cronay on Facebook. Um, my name is like Renee with a C in front of it, just like you see on the screen. It's just like that on Facebook. I am introducing Coach Cronay on YouTube. 
and on Instagram, I am, what am I on Instagram? I am Crene Salone, Authentic Me on Instagram. So if you want to look at more of my content, I come on every Wednesday at seven o'clock and do a Facebook Live. Um, it's it's not a podcast. I don't have a guest. I typically do um, a 10-minute talk and um, and give some advice and I pick a topic. I'm not going to be on tomorrow. I'm going to pick back up next week on Wednesday. But if you want to check me out, please do. I stream on StreamYard just like this. Um, and I try to be on same time, same place every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Awesome. So viewers, make sure you go and connect with Crene on her social media platforms. Listen to her talk on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's 7 p.m. Eastern time and Eastern. soak up all of those nuggets that she has to share. Thank you so much, Crene, for sharing with the viewers today. Thank you for your words of wisdom and letting us know that we, too, can make it through chaos and we should not let fear try to distract us no. and try to set us back from achieving our goals. So thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We definitely appreciate it. Tune in next week. Same bat channel, same bat place at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we will have another amazing show more tidbits for you. And until next time, have an awesome, awesome day. Thank you, friends, for tuning in to another episode of Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson, where Taiwana speaks with leaders who share nuggets of wisdom that you can use in your personal and professional life. Follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Coach T. Wilson. Connect on LinkedIn or visit www.coachtwilson.com. And remember, in life, learn as much as you can, appreciate often, and lead fearlessly.